and this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. from the New Testament books of 1 Peter and Philippians. 1 Peter 5, 5-7 Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another, for God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. So I, I realize that when you endeavor to preach about anxiety, that it invites a heavy dose of skepticism to fill our, our hearts and our minds because we understand we live in a very tense world, a very stressful world. Our, our jobs are stressful. Just traveling in this city to get from point A to point B can be extremely stressful. Uh, relationships are stressful. You, you name it. We, we just live in a, a tense world. Uh, there's, uh, we're more aware now than ever before of all the terrible things that are going on around the world, and so we're having to deal with those. More and more people are dealing with uh, uh, anxiety and then prescriptions, having to take prescriptions, and more and more people, even this week, you've noticed in the news, two very um, famous people have taken their own lives, sadly, and, um, and it's, it's causing a lot of people to mourn. And it seems like a problem that just we can't win against. And so I, I realized that it would be um, maybe unwise, or unwise would be the good, the good side of it. It could be even dangerous for me to get up here and claim God wants to give you freedom over anxiety uh, without backing that up. And so I want to make sure a couple things are clear before I go forward because I don't want you to walk away with the wrong idea. I want you to understand that if you struggle with anxiety or depression, that that's not a sinful thing, okay? It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong necessarily, all right? Sometimes we do struggle in sin, and it causes us to be in the depths of despair, but that doesn't mean that that's where you are, okay? So I want you to understand, when I talk about this, I'm not labeling you in a way that, that you need to, uh, to feel shame over. Uh, this is a place where you can freely express to one another, I am struggling with depression. I am struggling with anxiety. I am struggling with sin. If you can't share that here freely, then you need to let me know, and we'll get whoever you can't share it with out of here, okay? Because this is a safe place for you to struggle because none of us claim to be perfect. We claim to worship the one who is perfect. Amen? And so I want you to understand that I'm not trying to put free people over here and bondage people over here when it comes to anxiety. This is a complex topic, and I don't have all of the answers but I do know that Jesus is the ultimate answer, and I want us to take the next step tonight together 
as one, okay? So I thought, what could I do to help make us all feel at ease when we talk about anxiety? And I thought, hmm, have three volunteers come up in front of here, in front of everyone to the stage. So I need three volunteers to take a step of faith tonight to come up here, and I won't uh, do anything to embarrass you. Okay, we'll have a good time, and people will laugh in a good way, not at you. So give me one. There's one. There's two. I need one more. Come on up here. Three. Adrian, I got you. Come on up here. All right, so we're going to do something tonight, a small exercise, and I want to give, um, I'm going to give you this baseball bat. So be nice to you. Uh, actually, I'm going to give you that. I trust you more than this guy. So I'm going to give you the baseball bat since he knows what to do with that. And I'm going to give you the engineer the hammer. All right? So tonight we're talking about uh, design. A lot of times when it comes to depression and anxiety, uh, we, we, we don't function the way we're supposed to function. We're not functioning in the way that we're designed to function, and so it adds anxiety to our lives. And have any of you ever done like a handy project around the house and you, you couldn't find a hammer, and so you just used something as a hammer, and it wasn't designed to do what you're asking it to do, but you do it anyway? I want you to hammer this nail with this thing okay. in here, because, you know, if you don't have a hammer and all you have is a pry bar, can you do that? Um, I don't think it's a good idea. I'm going to let you hold it. Okay, let's see how you can do that. That's pretty good. Go, keep going. What are you stopping for? Yeah. This is a pry bar, right? Okay. It's very heavy, too. All right, that's good. Do you think you could get that all the way into the wood? It's going to take a while. You'd have to have a little more aggression, probably, to whap it in there. But are you a little insecure in using that? I think I'm going to hurt my head. Okay, yeah, you may hurt your hand. And what if you, like, miss it on the edge here? Because it's, it's slanted. It's got, like, six sides on it. Yeah. So it's not designed for this, it's right? Not, it's not made for it, yeah. Okay. But if you had to use it, it could work? Yes. All right. Possibly. Cool. Adrian? You, all you have is a, he's Adrian's first year of baseball this year, and he's doing great. So I gave him the baseball bat here. Um, I'm, with your left hand, hold this. I don't trust you, Adrian. I love you, but I'll try. Oh, you love oh, your right hand to hold this then. Ready? Hold it. With, hold, hold the nail. There you go. There you go. All right, hammer that in. This is a wooden bat. Adrian and Caden and Vinny, you're here tonight too, right? They're on the same baseball team. All right, that's good. Do you think you could get that nail all the way in there? In three hours. In three hours? Okay. <laughs> That's probably close. It could work. Do you think that one's more comfortable or this one's more comfortable? Do you want to switch and see? Why don't you switch real quick? Because we know what's going to happen with this guy. All right, yeah, go for it. Go back on your nail over here. <laughs> so it got about halfway down into the wood, and it, then it bent, yeah. right? But that was good. It was starting to go. We were impressed. That was good. What about you, Adrian? She just showed you up with that, so you do this, okay? <laughs> All right, I think we've seen enough. <laughs> oh, no, here you go. It started to work, right? 
So given time, you, you would be skilled enough to where you could do that, right? Hey, Nathan, will you come up here for a second? Our engineer, I'll give you that. Could you, uh, this is sturdy, I've texted already. Yeah. Do you want to just drive that nail in with that hammer? Much easier, right? Do you, I, I think sometimes we have anxiety in our life because God has us designed to drive a nail into a piece of wood with a hammer and we're using a baseball bat or we're using a pry bar. You know, ignorance is, is not bliss according to popular culture. It can be deadly and it can cause you to live in a, an overwhelming sense of frustration and anxiety and, and lead to depression because you're functioning outside of your design. Can you give them a round of applause? Because they did a great job. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, some illustrations, we call people up to, uh, to help you. They don't do well, but you guys nailed it. All right. I've waited four days to share that with you. And I am glad it went well. So when we're talking about design, um, one of the resistances we have when we start bringing God into the equation is a lot of time we think, okay, why is my strength not enough? Why do I have to depend upon God? Why am I... um, why do I have to trust in someone else? We also think of these questions like this, like, I don't think God really knows how to help me not have anxiety on my, or in my job, in my work. Um, I, I don't know how this works. So we have a lot of in- objections, but, but we, those objections are there, almost all of them, because we have forgotten how God has designed us. If you go all the way back to the book of Genesis, which is in the very front of your Bible, chapters 1, 2, and 3, uh, 1 and 2 specifically, you'll, you'll get the, the, understa- the understanding that God has created men and women, or male and female, in his image, and he's designed us to live in harmony with him, in fellowship with him, in connection with him, in a very healthy, invigorating way. But when we're not living in that design, Anxiety comes in, and that's Genesis chapter 3, when sin entered the world, and the, the earth didn't respond as it was designed to do, and so it was, uh, it was difficult for crops to grow. There were weeds now that were um, uh, suppressing the crops, and there's a, uh, an ancient idiom uh, that says, by the sweat of your brow you will work the fields. That was one of the curse that God spoke over the man. And he says, by the sweat of your brow, you'll work the fields. Well, that sweat of your brow, most people, most scholars believe that that is an ancient idiom talking about anxiety. Not just hard, brute labor of working to the point where you're sweating, but the sweat of your brow is like, oh, are the crops going to come in? Am I going to be able to pay the rent? Am I going to, is the sale going to go through? Am I going to meet my quota at work? There's that anxiety, that not knowing if the results are going to be there. In your worship folder, there's a, an outline you can follow along with, and the first one, are, these are three points. So my, my goal for you is to take the two scriptures in First Peter, First Peter chapter 5, 
verses 5 and 6, take those scriptures and memorize them. And then go over these points to remind yourself of these things so that you don't forget them. The first one that I want you to remember is this, point number one, is that I am designed to live under God's authority in an empowered, privileged relationship. The two blanks are designed and privileged. I'm designed to live under God's authority in an empowered, privileged relationship. The story of Genesis covers this, that, that God has designed us. He was very intent when he created uh, male and female. He walked with him in the garden. There was a, a union between uh, mankind and God that we don't experience in this point. So God designed us to live under his authority. If you look at the creation account, I believe the, the main thing all of us should be focused on in all of the days of creation is to realize that day seven was the day that God said, I want you to rest and I want you to acknowledge what I have done and I want you to acknowledge me as the authority. Remember that I am God. That's the, the design of it, that I have created all of this. But on day six, when he created mankind, he created them and he said, this is good, this is really good, and he gave them work to do. I want you to tend the gardens and and work the fields. And so it wasn't a curse that after the fall we started having to work. The curse was work became stressful and hard and unpredictable. But God has always wanted us to be living in a creative way to tend to his creation. So we're designed to live under his authority, but what happened is we stepped out from under his authority, and we said, nah, I want to do it my own way. I feel like you're holding back. I don't trust you. But we're designed to live under his authority in, a, in an empowered and privileged relationship so that when you are a parent and you're looking at your child whom you love dearly and you have sacrificed dearly for, and you look over at another child, you may love that other child too, and you may sacrifice for them, but your child is privileged in your heart, and you love them, and you will race into a burning building to save their lives. You are privileged. And the same way goes with us and God, that we are, as his children, privileged, and he looks upon us with love and a jealousy where he says, you're mine, You belong to me, and I want to empower you, and I want to help you walk within this privileged relationship. And so knowing your design, that this is how God has designed you, even though we're broken by sin, and we'll talk about that as we go along, but we are designed to live in that relationship with God, and and God says that this is essential to you living in peace. And in 1 Peter, Peter says, gets to this point and he's just spoken to the the leaders of the church and then he transitioned over to the uh the uh, the lay people of the church the the people that weren't the spiritual elders of the church and he spoke to everyone he said these verses in in chapter six and seven he said humble yourselves all of you so elders every person that can hear my voice or read my words or whatever every person that's breathing humble yourselves therefore where under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time he may exalt you. Humble yourselves under the mighty, powerful hand of God 
God's designed us that way, and Peter is calling us back to it and saying, this is what you're to do, to, to be under the mighty hand of God, to submit yourself there. It's an empowered position. Submission is such a, a toxic word almost in our society where we resist it because we've seen it abused, and it, we, we associate wrongly, well, rightly in some cases, unfortunately, but we associate the word submit with oppression. And that's not what this is. Submission isn't forcing someone to this position. But submission in this one is humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God is, a, is not a position of oppression, but it's a position of empowerment. Because through that humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, God is now released to say, yes, and I, I'm going to fill you with my spirit, and I'm going to empower you in your life. That's how we, we get in tune with God. We are designed to live under God's authority in a power-privileged relationship. Number two, this may be, if any of you knew the blank that is about to be revealed, the first blank, after the service, please let me know. Because I, I tried to figure out if anybody could figure this one out. The first, this, was, this one is this. I am not God and I am thankful for that fact. I'll just ask you, did anybody know that already? Oh, man, that's good. All right. Chris knew back there. So uh, you win a cookie. There's in the foyer. You can have a cookie after church. I am not God, and I am thankful for that fact. I don't know that anyone in here would claim to be the divine creator and say, yes, I am God. You shall bow down and worship me. But when we exalt ourselves to the Lord of our own lives, we start playing that role. We start acting as if we are God. And so while we wouldn't say the words, our actions reflect something much different. You see, sin in our, in our life and, um, is the fact that we are trusting ourselves more than we're trusting God. We're wanting, we're exalting ourselves instead of honoring, uh, exalting God, and so it leads us to do things. Well, anxiety is another one of those things that, that is a result of trusting in ourselves and making ourselves out to be the Savior of our own lives, that we have to do these things. And, and a lot of times, anxiety can be dealt with quickly if we will remember that, oh, wait a second, I'm not God, and I'm thankful for that. I can actually give this to him and allow him to fight this battle for me. So if we go back to 1 Peter 5, verse 6, it says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And so we see this, the mighty hand of God aspect, that he is God. I am not. So you're humbling yourself and saying, you know what? I'm not God. And I'm thankful for that. And in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, which Renata also read earlier, it, it starts off by saying this. It says, do not be anxious. Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Which, if we read that while we're anxious, it can make us anxious. Right? You ever told someone, don't stress. And you're like, don't tell me not to stress. You know, it doesn't work all the time with some people. And so it stresses you out. Don't tell me not to stress. But, it's, but what he's saying here is don't be anxious about anything, but instead do this. In everything, can you say everything? Everything. 
What do you think that covers? Or what do you think that covers? Everything. In everything, by prayer and supplication, and there's another ingredient right here, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. I am not God, and I am thankful for that. God, I come to you, and I give you this burden, this relationship, this issue at work, uh, this issue in my heart, this hatred I feel towards someone else, this sin I'm struggling against. I give this to you, and I thank you, God, that you are God, and I am not. I thank you that you have the power to forgive me, or to redeem me, or to protect me, or to empower me. You have that power, and I'm letting it be made known to you. Uh, One of the things that I was um, thought of as we were going through this uh, last week was that a lot of times we feel anxious about things in our lives because we're giving ourselves too much credit. We give ourselves too much credit for the good things. And so when we start to give ourselves credit for the good things that we're doing in life, then we, we take the Lord out of the equation and now we're building ourselves up only to eventually fall because we can't live up to the measure upon which we keep building ourselves up. We give ourselves too much credit. And so one practical way for you to start making sure that you remember that you're not God and you're thankful for that is to start thanking Him for every good thing in your life. When you catch every train on the way to work, first of all, acknowledge that is a miracle and they still happen, right? Thank God for that. When you get a parking spot right outside of your house, thank God for that. I know these are, I'm starting with big things and I work my way down to small things. When you go home and your wife and kids have had a peaceful day, thank God for that. When you go home and they haven't had a peaceful day, thank God for your chance to be there to help your wife and your kids find peace. How often do you thank God throughout the day? How much time of your prayer life are you thanking Him for what He has already done for you versus how much time in your prayer life are you begging Him for something else? He heard you the first time that you asked for that thing that you're wanting. He heard you the very first time. Maybe, just maybe, the reason He hasn't given you that is because you need to say thank you first and acknowledge what He has done so that He can give you that and it won't ruin you. God is a good God, and and thanksgiving is good. And so realize, I am not God, and I am so thankful for that fact. The third one is this. And this this is key. God desires peace for his children. He wants peace for you. He desires this for you. It grieves God when you grieve. Did you know that? That it grieves him when you walk through things that are just overwhelming for you? He desires peace in your life and and whatever it is that you're going through, he can bring peace to you through that storm that you're going through. God desires peace for his children and he gives it to all who trust him. That's the second one. He gives it to all who will trust him. He wants peace for you, and he will give it to you because he is a good father. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. 
you can keep that up there, but I'll read the verse preceding it. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you. And then continuing, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. God cares for you. God desires to bring peace to your life. He cares for you. He loves you. He wants to mend your heart. In, first, uh, in, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, uh, I'll read the preceding verse for it as well. It says, do not be anxious about anything but in everything. Now, if you noticed, it said all your anxieties on him. And that was Peter writing. And now Paul is writing. He's saying, uh, don't be anxious about anything. So these guys are not exaggerating. They are telling us everything. That God is, is a total God. He says, but in everything, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And verse 7, and the peace of God which surpasses all of our understanding, that peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. He desires this for you. Your next step of of finding freedom from anxiety is stopping and, and recognizing that when I feel burdened, when I feel stressed, I'm turning to a drink, or I'm turning to food, or I'm turning to sex, or I'm turning to... Netflix, or I'm turning to whatever it is, and find out the triggers that cause you to be anxious, and then what you're doing. And the first step for you in taking a a step of freedom toward um, uh, toward a life where anxiety doesn't rule over you anymore is to start turning immediately to the Lord. And if you need to turn immediately and say, oh Lord Jesus, help me in this moment, say that. Do that, but also quickly turn to thanksgiving to God. Oh, Lord, thank you that you're God. Thank you that I can come to you right now. Thank you that I don't have to do this. Thank you that I don't have to carry this burden on me because of what you have promised me through Christ Jesus. We certainly live in a world that is filled with stress. Strokes are happening at a, at a much younger age for people. People are um, having strokes at much younger ages. Heart attacks are happening younger. Uh, Suicides and depression seems to be just rampant. What if a lot of this is simply there because we have forgotten how God has designed us? Look at me. Everybody look at me. God designed you and created you to live in communion with him. You're not off the radar. He knows every detail of your life. Nothing you have done will scare him. Nothing you have done will cause him to wag his finger at you and say, you knew better. But God looks upon you who he has created and he is desperately desiring to shower you with grace and mercy. But there's a huge roadblock that we have to knock down. And that's a roadblock that can be knocked down if we will use the weapon of faith and say, Jesus, I know it doesn't make sense to my mind because practically... 
I don't see how you're going to work this out, but I'm going to trust you anyway. It doesn't make sense how I can have this anxiety and pray and start thanking you and somehow you'll take it away, but I'm going to try it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. It doesn't make sense that I could be suffering from a disease for years and then hear that you're walking through a town and just touch the hem of your robe and be healed, but I'm going to try it anyway and I'm going to know that you can't heal me. Have you tried it or have you given up? I have good news for you. When everybody had given up and they had lost hope, Jesus never gave up on you. You can doubt a lot of things in life. Why do I struggle with this? They seem to be free from it. You can doubt a lot of things in life. Why does God allow these things to happen? But if you look at Jesus and you contemplate the sacrifice that he made for you on the cross, if you see how he endured every temptation and remained faithful and holy throughout all of it, you will never doubt that God loves you. If you contemplate the power of God to resurrect Jesus from the dead, then we will know that we can trust God, this God who loves us. We can trust him with our worries. We will know that even if we don't see how he is working in our lives and how we can use the terrible things around us, we can still know that he is working. Because those who were closest to him, those who, if anyone should have known what Jesus' plan was, it should have been those who were following him so closely, who were with him at the, at the cross. They did not understand what God was doing. They did not understand how this could be used for good. But eventually they saw that when Jesus burst out of the grave and he just changed the world. And he said, hey, look at these scars right here. Check out this side. Death thought it won. But I am victorious. I am the conqueror. We know that God can conquer enemy, any enemy we face. So, personalize this verse. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6 and 7. And then boldly claim the truth of God, that He cares for you. And I challenge you to do this right here as we get ready to uh, transition to communion and, and singing in just a second. I challenge you to do this tonight. I challenge you to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God so that at the proper time, when He knows His best, He will exalt you. Casting all of your anxieties on Him because you know without a shadow of a doubt that he cares for you. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the, the power that you have in conquering death, and we deal with anxieties and stresses in this world that uh, just kick our tail at times. And it, it seems impossible 
But over and over throughout the scriptures, we see that nothing is impossible with you. So I pray that you would breathe hope and victory into our hearts and that you would give us uh, our next step of faith, that tonight we would remember that we have been designed to live in communion with you and that you desire to give us peace and that you will give it to us when we trust you and that we can be thankful to you 100% of the time that we are not God because we would mess that up. And God, you have never messed it up. Give us faith instead of doubts. Instead of us struggling with anxiety, I pray that you would flood, just overwhelm our hearts and our minds with your peace to the point that we can't even explain it to people. We just know that we have been touched by the mighty hand of God. In Jesus' name, amen.